It is Victory Monday, January 2nd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, that guy who really wasn't doing much of anything else this Saturday night anyway, J.P. Shadrick. Welcome in and Happy New Year. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on Monday. It's after week 17. We've got a busy two hours ahead. Vaselli and Prisco coming up. They've got plenty to say about the game last week, but probably more about the week ahead. Week 18, winner take all. After a Jaguars win over the Texans, it's now on to the AFC South Championship game. The winner heads on to the postseason as the division champion. The Jaguars with a tie would also go on. We've got plenty of Fanatics fan questions and a lot ahead coming up. Let's start postgame in Houston. Doug Peterson proud of the way the team handled the business at NRG Stadium. Yeah, sure. It may not have meant a whole lot, but but I don't know if I've been in a situation where you'd had a, a game like this heading into a, a game that, that for everything, you know, but... I tell you, it's it's um it's a credit to the guys in the locker room, the coaches, just to stay, to stay stay focused. You know, the guys. That's what I told them after the locker room. The way they handled this week, um, very proud of them for that. And, and that's all part of our winning, winning culture. You know, and and um, there's a time and a place, obviously, um, to to rest guys. I, I just didn't think this was the time or the place to do that. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence had modest numbers in the game yesterday, but the performance overall as a team was impressive. At this point in the year, it's just about winning. And so, I mean, obviously we're, we're happy with that. And to be able to win that way, you know, it's, it shows the, the growth of this team when you don't necessarily play your best, especially offensively, you can still dominate a game like that. So it's, it's cool to see our team continue to come together. And um, we all know what, what's kind of at hand this week. So we're, we're excited for the challenge and uh, ready to get back to work for that. Outside linebacker Josh Allen over the four-game winning streak playing really good football statistically, and the Jags did what they needed to do, certainly on defense. I mean, I just think it was it was a performance that we needed to have, man, uh, to, 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 to get ready for next week. Uh, you know, we're, we were we were locked in for this game. We thought about this game. We was only ready for this game. And uh, now we're ready to go get another one. We're hungry, and we're ready to go. All the press conference and the locker room availability available on Jaguars.com or Jaguars social media. We'll hear more from Doug Peterson today coming up a little bit later. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jag social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco joining us now after another Jaguars win. Back to 500, Pete, just like you knew all along. Well, I know somebody on this show who knew it. <laughs> it wasn't me. I mean, I can admit it. I didn't. I didn't see it coming, and Vaselli did. I got to give him credit for that. You weren't a believer, Pete. You weren't a believer. No, uh, I wasn't. I don't well, think you deep down you were either. You're just trying to make content for the show. No, actually, I, <laughs> I, I saw how really what I was a believer in more than anything was Trevor. Well, yeah, what, I was too. No, that's my point. I, he was playing at a level with the rec, with the schedule they had, especially after they beat the Ravens. I thought that Cowboys game would be tough. Um, but when he came out the way he was playing, you know, you had to win a shootout, you won the football game. What I love about what they've done, Pete, is they've won games the way they needed to. You know, you had a gritty, tough win against Baltimore. You laid an egg against Detroit, but then here comes Dallas, and you know you have to win a shootout. Well, they go to win a shootout. Then you go up to New York, and you know it's going to be ugly, and you just got to play smart. 
Don't turn it over. Be smart. You know, you got a struggling Jets offense. Get a lead and just hold on to it. And then the, and the Texans, they, they didn't play good, by the way. No. If you look at the tape, I didn't think they played a great game, which I love. Because they played, didn't have, you know, when you don't, when you don't have your best, and you can still win that way. Now it speaks to how bad the Texans are, no doubt about it. But it also speaks to the to the status of this team and where they are, kind of their growth uh, and the evolution of their uh, of growth. And uh, I think that's big. And you know, I watching the tape, it wasn't great, but they were smart. They did what they needed to do, and, and they got to win against a bad team setting up this week, where now you go play your best. And I actually think. If Jacksonville plays their best and Tennessee plays their best, Jacksonville wins by two touchdowns. I agree. I agree. And they're favored by six and a half. So if you go, if you said seven weeks ago that they'd be favored in week 18 playing in prime time by seven points or a touchdown, playing against a third-team quarterback who's only been with the team for two weeks, that you'd have your chances to go to the playoffs, I would have told you you were nuts. And... You didn't even believe that would be the case. Don't say you did. You thought they'd make a run, but you didn't think this would happen. This is, you know, I didn't think Tennessee would fall apart like this. That's the that's the trick. No. Yeah, that's what they, made it they, all right. They lost six straight, and you know they're falling apart. Now it doesn't it doesn't matter if the Jags don't take care of their business though. Too, they had to go win, and they have won, and now they set themselves up in a great situation. And so it's perfect. And it's going to be a great atmosphere. The one thing I'm disappointed about, I'm disappointed in the league a little bit, Pete. The fact that they put this team on Saturday night instead of Sunday night to give an advantage to the Texans, I mean, not to, to the Titans, because now we have five days of rest. They have eight. You know, so we're a short week when they have a long week already. I just thought that they should, should have put the Jaguars either at 4 p.m. on Sunday or primetime Sunday. But Saturday night I just is a competitive advantage to the Titans. Big advantage. It's a big advantage. I mean, and and again, this is, you know, the Jacksonville have to prove to people that they're not the Jaguars anymore, right? I mean, that's exactly what this is. They've been disrespected for since they came in the league. And at some point, you got to prove to people that you don't deserve to have that disrespect. And and that's why I think they put them in this spot. They should have been on primetime on Sunday night. Uh, but you know what they're going to put there. They're going to put Aaron Rodgers in there, even though even though uh, at least that's, that's what I think they'll do. But, you know, he's a marquee guy. Jacksonville doesn't have the marquee players. And Tennessee's falling apart, starting a third-team quarterback. So there's no glitz and glamour to this game. I get it from a network standpoint. But the NFL could have stepped in here and said, hey, wait a second. This isn't fair. But, Tony, you could also spin it forward this way. If they play on Saturday, then they have the extra day for the playoff game. Where they might not, well, they actually, might not have had that. After they win uh, Saturday night, Pete, Ooh. they're going to play Saturday the first slot on. Right, but if they had played on Sunday, then that's one less day they would have. Right. Yeah. So that's fair. you get a, you get an extra day that way. So would you rather be have less be this way it is now and not have the? I think you having an extra day for the postseason is better than not having it. Because I think yeah. they win on Saturday anyway. I, I think they're the much better team. I think the, you know only thing that could derail them is history. The ghosts of demons past show up. That's the only thing that could derail them. Yeah, I don't believe in any of that. I think the, the, because none of that matters. I mean, if you're a player on this team, who cares what happened the last 25 years? Doesn't. No, but matter. history matters in the series. I mean, they've dominated them in the series. Well, they got not they have, Well, guess what? This team only knows one thing: they beat the hell out of them up in Nashville. And, and so, should, that, as a player, that's all you should be thinking about. 
And here's the reality. The only chance that the Titans have to win this game is if they can keep it with one possession into the fourth quarter. They have to keep it tight. As soon yeah. as if they have to keep it tight because they have to run Derrick Henry 45 times to get it done. And here's the other thing about the, this Titans team. The offensive line that you that you guys saw a couple weeks ago is even worse now. They've lost mm. they've lost even more guys. They're mm. down the guys they picked up off the street. It's a terrible offensive line. Yeah, they're struggling in a big way. And they're not big. They're not physical. I mean, without Derrick Henry, this is one of the worst teams in, the fo- in football offensively. And so I'm with you, Pete. But Derrick Henry can scare you now because if he gets rolling, he is a tough man to deal with. Well, obviously the scene is going to be electric. 8-15 kickoff time Saturday. It's on ABC and ESPN. The game is sponsored by Johnson & Johnson Vision, providing healthy sight for life. And I was told today, guys, that they've already rolled out standing room only tickets for this game. And I'm sure those will go quickly as well. Uh, I, I don't think there'll be a seat to be had in this place, and it will be electric. First primetime non-Thursday game for the Jaguars since 2011 when the Jags played on Monday night football. It has been a while. They've had some Thursdays, obviously, in there, but uh, it's been a minute before a true premier primetime slot. Hey, JP, you said standing room only is available, or that's even not available? They, I've, I heard today, I was told today that they're out there now. It's amazing what Baselli's cry to the crowd <laughs> masses will do. You knew you had so much power. I mean, all you do is say, go buy the tickets, and they go buy the tickets. Maybe the team should give you a bonus this year, Tony. I mean, come on. They, Look what you did. They take just they take very good care of me. Number one, I think our fans were showing up regardless of what I said. Um, and so give them credit. I, the fun, the fun, it's going to be like Dallas, but without the Dallas fans. It's going to be all Jag fans. And it's going to be packed, and it's going to be a great atmosphere, and I, I look forward to it. It's going to go. I think it, I think the Jags win. I called it from the beginning. I said they'd sweep the Titans this year. They have sweat. They're going to sweep them, uh, and they're going to go into the playoffs. One of the hottest teams in the NFL. I agree with you. I I can't, and you know me. I'm one that looks back at history and what's happened, and and trends, and teams have owned teams. I can't see how this Titans team can win. I just can't. And even if Derrick Henry gets going, which he did in the first game, by the way, let's not forget that he had 100 yards, you know, in that game. But I just don't see that happening. I don't see this team hanging around. They're tough. They're going to take Vrabel's personality, but at some point. You're just going to get your butt beat because you're not as good enough. They lost too many players. They're too damaged right now. That's what they are. Yeah, they're just they're not healthy going in, you know, into week 18, and and they're going to play tough. That's who they are. They're going to be try, they're going to come out there and try to be physical. But I, I think early in this game, if the defense can take it to that offensive line and set the tempo, I have confidence we're going to score points offensively. I think defensively early is going to be critical just to shut Derrick Henry down. I'll tell you one thing though, Tony. The quarterback better play better than he did on on Sunday. He wasn't good Sunday. He had a and, tough. And not, you know, we've promoted him big time. We pumped him up. We, even when things were going bad, this kid's going to be a franchise quarterback. That was not a good day for him by his standards in any way, shape, or form. I thought he no. missed a lot of throws. Uh, was high. Was wild. Had guys open and missed them. It just wasn't a good performance by him. Yeah, it wasn't his best day. I was watching him warm up, Pete. It was, and he missed a couple high during warmups. And I was like, I was hoping during war, I was ah, oh, just no big deal. But it carried over, and he was high on a, a number of throws early in that game, and uh, he was not great. I thought some of the decision making was not great, um, but it was mainly the high throws because if he's on target, 
I think this game is even uglier earlier. But he did get a check mark for blocking. He did give him a check for <laughs> blocking. Right when they ran that play, I'm like, oh, there's Pete's play. There's what is I... he doing? What are you doing? Wait, there it is. It's oh, I got to have at least one, if not two, a game. What in the hell was that? I even said something during the broadcast, Pete. I said, <laughs> um, I, let's not call any more plays where our quarterback, franchise quarterback, is the lead blocker. Uh, I mean, I'm watching that. I go, what are they doing? I mean, he should. And, and he actually got in the guy's way and shielded him a little bit and got actually was blocking, which I'm him. like, I mean, you know, he, sometimes quarterbacks will go out there and kind of like just try and get in front of the guy. He was blocking. What are we doing? Why would you call that play? I don't like it either. Pete's hate play of the week. New segment for next oh. season. Maybe we'll do that. Oh, it's believe me, I can pick them out, and that's what that one that one stood out like. I mean, it was so bad. Hey, let's come back. We'll, we'll continue on offense more on Trevor Lawrence's day, other than blocking, and Travis Etienne's day in at least one half of football yesterday. He took one to the house. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com. Coming up, your social media questions in the second hour. Plenty ahead. We are just getting started on Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Feels great, you know. Um, just uh, a lot of hard work and dedication you know, has, has gone into it. Um, you know, a lot of up and down years for me, and to finally be able to reach, uh, you know, a goal of mine that I've set for myself is, uh, you know, it feels good. Christian Kirk in the locker room after the game, 1,000 yards receiving, went over that mark on Sunday. Welcome back, it's Jaguars Happy Hour after Week 17. On to the winner-take-all battle this Saturday night at TIAA Bankfield. The Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. And for nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory. And go Jags! J.P. Shadrick with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli. We're on 1010XLAM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The offensive performance yesterday, you guys touched on Trevor Lawrence's day. He was 17 of 21 for 152 yards, no touchdowns, threw an interception in the game. Travis Etienne played a half, but it was a really good half. Nine carries, 108 yards, including a 62-yard breakaway touchdown. He finally took one the distance, something we've been waiting on for a little bit from uh, Travis, but good to see uh, for the um, second-year running back out of Clemson, Pete. Yeah, and you know what, J.P.? remember all that talk early in the season when we were talking about how we didn't know Well, I did, I never thought it, but a lot of people did. If he could handle running between the tackles, well, he sure can. I mean, and, and he's, he's tougher than a lot of people thought he would be. He's physical. He's got that good, strong legs and, and he's got the ability to rip off those long runs. I mean, he's everything you want in a back in the modern era. And, And I saw a stat today. Did you see this stat? I think there's three guys that have 200 carries, average five yards per carry, and then I think it's reception, something of the receptions. Well, he's in the same group with, I think it's Barkley, or no, Elliott and 
um, somebody else. There's only three of them, and he's in that class. Wow. I mean, he's putting up some impressive numbers. I, what's his yards per carry number right now as it is? It's high. Uh, I will double-check that real quick. I would say it's got to be in the high fours at least. You know, it's five. It's five. five. Is it? Jaguars rushing, yeah, 5.2 yards per carry. Yeah, I think, Pete, everything you said I agree with. My one criticism of Travis, or actually probably it's two, um, is ball security. He needs to work on that. And it's actually connected to the second one. He takes too many big hits. He, like, he is, like, he's really good between the tackles. I agree with you, Pete. And he has better strength and power than it looks. And I've been super impressed with him all year. But boy, he takes some big hits. And I just like he doesn't ha- like he doesn't like turn at the last minute, you know, like all those great backs seem to do. And like he gets walloped. And I think that leads to some of the ball security issues. I mean, that's my only if I'm being nitpicky. But as far as production and what he's doing this year, Pete, it's been outstanding. Here you go. He's a first year running back. First year running backs to average five yards per carry and nine yards per catch. Minimum of 200 rush attempts and 30 catches. Clinton Portis, Zeke Elliott, and Travis Etienne. That's it. Pretty good. So yeah. first season on the field. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That makes it's sense. It's impressive. That's impressive. I mean, and and he's dynamic when he gets into space. I mean, that's what he is. He's got that ability to, you know, to go to distance. And that's scary. That makes you defend him a little bit differently. You know, when everybody can, when a running back can take it the distance, it puts fear in you. And he can do that. And I think he, <laughs> you know, it's funny. He actually looks faster a lot faster on the on the surface, don't you think, than he does on grass? I mean, a lot of guys do, but he does for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's jumped out at me, but he's definitely a home run threat, to your point, Pete. He gets in the open field, he has the ability to take it to the house because he has that speed. And I, I think he's only going to get better. He's going to get more and more of a feel for the game. I still think they can even use him more in the passing game because he's I a agree. good receiver. I, um, I think that's the next evolution. Uh, my guess is Doug doesn't want to put too much on his plate because he's already got a bunch of touches. Um, during the season. And so for a first-year guy, I mean, I, th- I don't think you could ask for more, Pete. I think he's doing a great job. You know, Eckler's catch caught a, has caught 103 passes and has 13 touchdowns for, for the Chargers. But he can also run it, too. He's had some good running games, too. Can he get to where he's catching 60-something a game, a year? Yeah, yeah I agree, too. I think I agree. I think, and they will. I think Eckler's a, a good comparison. I think Travis is probably a little bit faster. But Eckler's a heck of a back. I mean, both receiving and running the ball. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I love the way they call plays. Uh, and, you know, I criticize that one play. But the way he get he gets guys in space, like the, was that the boot? To, well, he had he had not the – yeah, he had the boot. He had Travis come across the Travis formation. Across. All the action was going to the right, and he sneaks out, and he gets the big catch down the sideline. I mean, I think – they are so hard. They're hard to defend. Hard, hard to You're defend. preparing for Jacksonville the hard to defend because they make defend. you use the whole field and they get you flowing and coming back the other way. You don't know don't whether know. you can go hard one way and they're going to sneak guy back across the formation against you. I, I love, I love the design of the offense. I love the way they call plays. I mean, you know, I still would prefer a couple more shots down the field, but that's me. Um, but I still, I, I think he's a great play caller. Well, I, I think Pete. The other thing that makes it hard to defend him is the quarterback because he's athletic. He's athletic and has the big arm, so you have to respect his legs. Now he's not a run first guy by any means, but boy, if he gets out on the edge, he can run the zone read. I mean, and they do it enough where you have to respect it. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. It's a good offense. Good offense. Big three were kind of quiet. The uh, you know uh, we just heard from Christian Kirk there. He went over a thousand yards, but didn't have a huge day. Zay Jones was pretty quiet. Evan Ingram, who obviously had a big game against Tennessee a few weeks ago, all those guys were relatively quiet. Didn't have to be uh, a big day for them to get it done uh, yesterday, but you would expect this week that it's uh, all hands on deck. We're ready to throw it around the yard a little bit against this Tennessee defense. You know, it's weird, and I watched the tape of that game. It almost looked like they did what they had to do, and that was just about it. And then they get ready and go home. That's all that felt like the entire game. There's nothing – it was nothing, you know, crazy. It was Get the lead, hold on to the lead, and go home. It wasn't like they got the ball into the playmaker's hands a ton. And, and we said it earlier, Trevor was off a little bit. He missed some throws. But I, I just think that was one of those games. Let's get out of here. Hope we don't have any injuries. Win the game and don't do anything crazy. That's, that's what I thought they did watching that tape. Yeah, I agree with you, Pete. I mean, it was not their best offensive performance, but I don't think it needed to be. You know, especially once they got that uh, sack fumble touchdown. That was it. Shut it down. They went twenty-one nothing. It's like, okay, let's just be smart. Let's you know, let's get out. Let's not let's not give the Texans anything. Let's make them earn everything because they probably can't. And uh, get ready to go play. Go home and uh, get ready for the biggest game in this franchise's. You could argue regular season history. Right no, there. it probably is the biggest game in regular season history. The only thing that I said even can compare to it, Pete, is the 96 game against the Falcons. Yeah. because that was, But that wasn't exactly a win-and-get-in scenario when they kicked off, was it? Needed help. Yeah, it was win-and-get-in for us. We controlled our own destiny. That's right. That's right. So that's what this this that's comparable. But this only is this, a division title. This is for a division title. Yeah. That was for a wild-card spot. And this is against your arch-rival. Which is huge. This is the big. This is the biggest game, regular season game, in franchise history. I don't think, and and the fact that it's home is a good thing too. Yep. But it is. I, I mean, you, you won to get in as a wild card team. They're winning a division if they get in. That Matt, yep. that's different. That ensures you a home playoff game as well, which makes this the biggest one in franchise history. I just got to go perform. We're back in a moment. We'll get into the defensive performance yesterday, including Josh Allen. And what he's done over the last month or so. Well, uh, of course, in the second hour, your social media questions. Busy day on Twitter after the Jaguars win and looking ahead to the Saturday night showdown at the bank. The Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 18 for the AFC South Championship. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Monday after a Jaguars win in Houston to improve to 8-8. Eight and eight. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Briscoe and Tony Vaselli. And now it's on to Week 18, the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars on ABC and ESPN Saturday, 8.15 p.m. Limited tickets available. And we can only say that for so long. They have gone quick already. It should be a fantastic scene at the bank this week. Jaguars defense got it done in Houston, allowing only three points. Well, the Texans moving different quarterbacks in and out of the game. Uh, by the way, uh, underrated touchdown celebration for Tyson Campbell riding the bull in the end zone. That was pretty strong, I thought, on the fumble return, guys. So, hey, when you're doing that, you're up three touchdowns. Uh, you can celebrate like that. It was good. Look, the defense actually, I mean, that offense stinks, let's be real. But the defense played well, I thought, on Sunday. 
the offense is terrible. That that is a bad offense, and they have a lot of work. They're going to end up with Bryce Young probably um, at the, as their quarterback, I think, or C.J. Stroud or somebody because they have the, they're going to have the top overall pick. But man, Tony, watching that, that was a bad. That's a bad off. And you know, Larry McTunzel's a good player, and he even had some problems on Sunday. I thought I thought the rush was good. I thought Josh Allen played great. That was his best game. Best game of the year, I thought. And give uh, Chase on some credit too. I thought he had some nice rushes against Hunt. Actually, Bull rushed him a couple of times, which you didn't expect to see from Chase on. And and, and Key is su- in watching that tape. Key is such a good addition to that team. Man, he's a good football player, and he plays hard all the time. And Roy Robertson Harris looked like the last couple of weeks, three four three weeks, he's looked like he looked early in the season. He's been powerful in the inside. He went through a little bit of a lull in the middle of the season, Pete. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. I don't know what it was because he's been playing dominant the last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when they're playing to what we think they should play, that can be a pretty good front. It really can. Hey, you mentioned Josh Allen and his game yesterday, but it's not just yesterday. It's the the last month or so. Um, He's put together three sacks over the last four games and a total of, what, uh, 14 tackles in that time. He's been uh, trending in the right direction already the last month or so. You know, I go back to something Tony said early in the season. He might have been hurt. The way he's playing in the last three or four weeks, you said that, Tony, early in the season. You you said you, you, it just doesn't look the same. He didn't. The last three weeks, he's looked. Remember we always talk about twitchy and explosive? It, it, he's played with power, Pete. The last yeah. He's looked like we expected him to look. Agreed. And so I bet you deep after the season, deep down you talked to him, there was something going on with him. But – I thought Sunday was his best game of the year. I thought it was his by far his best game of the year. Even Powerful, the, athletic, quick, yeah, even the, even down chase, plays. Even the chase on sack that chase on got was a nice rush, but it was because of Josh Allen. He took the tackle and threw him into the into the uh, into Davis Mills. I mean, that was a great power rush against Titus uh, Howard. Yeah, they, they abused Titus Howard. He had a rough go. Whoever was over him abused him. It was a rough go of him. And and they got the best of Tunsil in some pass rush situations. I thought I thought it was a good performance by the right. What'd you think of uh 44 with his hand on the ground? I mean, he he he, he I thought he played good Pete. Good football. Not yeah, great. Not great. Physical, he's disruptive. He had, one, he had one rush where he got near him and the inside move there. I thought that was a good play. Yeah, but you know, I mean for his first game back, I thought it was good. I like him with his hand down. I think he's, he's much better with his hand. Yeah. He's way more powerful. Yeah, much better. So, uh, that's good news for the defense. So, this week, obviously, a different challenge. We've touched on it a little bit. Derrick Henry, um, you know, what he did early in that game just a few weeks ago. Uh, other than that, what do the Titans have to offer on offense right now? Nothing. Nothing. Zero. You know, the rookie tight end's a pretty good player. He's a he's quarterback. What, what, he's a good uh, tight end, but what court, quarterback's going to get it to him, Pete? Well, let's be real. Dobbs is better than Malik Willis right I now. I mean, talk about a miss. Like, does Malik Willis even look like a guy who can figure it out? No. I agree. Lost. I never liked him to coming out. I didn't think he was going to be very good to begin with. And I got killed when I put my valuation of him up. And and so, look, here's the bottom line. This defense should dominate that offense. They should dominate. You know, did you see what the Steelers did last night to the Ravens, Tony? I didn't see much of the game. They ran a 6-2. The old 6-2 stack monster. 
Why do Jacksonville might be able to play Tennessee by playing a six-two stack monster? I'd play three linebackers. Did you see? But six-two. Remember this? But they play the way the Steelers play it. They actually have the two outside linebackers. But that's they play. What, that's the, what I'm saying. I, I, I'd play. Maybe you do that. Maybe you put four D linemen and and play. Maybe. Six-two stack monster, like in uh, all the right moves. Yeah, I would, I would say, Pete, make Josh Dobbs beat you. Right. Like, go ahead. We're going to play man across the board. And if you can beat us with Josh Dobbs, God bless you. And and by the way, those two corners are playing well now, both of them. And that's not a great passing game. But but those two corners, I, I thought Campbell's play, played well on Sunday. And I thought the last month, Darius Williams has been outstanding. Please tell me you're not getting into the USC bowl game. I, I see you looking up at your TV. You can't possibly care about that. Well, I'll you tell you this. Possibly... There's a reason why, care, Pete. Just, here's the update. Just, we, yeah, here's the got, update. We've got a safety against us. It's, With three minutes left, we're having to punt it back to him. We're only up six. Yeah, 320 to play. It's not uh, ideal. It's Tulane, by the way, that they're playing. <laughs> That's not, they were blowing them out, weren't they? Yeah, yeah our, our defense can't play. Unreal. Wow, unbelievable. Hey, aren't you in the Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame, Tony? I am. I'm surprised I should have gone. You played a half, I think, and got in the Hall of played, Fame somehow. I played a half in one series, JP. Get it right, please. <laughs> Wait, you played a half in one series and you're in the Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame? What That's how dumb That's how dumb I was, Pete. They'll give you they'll give a, an award to anybody for just showing up. I mean, my gosh. Um, but yeah, I, I, these bowl games Look, the college football playoff games were fantastic. Yes, they were the other day, but the rest of them are exhibition games. Come well, on. Well, this is JP. You'll remember this. Remember when Alabama had to go play Utah early uh, in Saban's deal, and yeah. Utah beat them. They got smoked. That didn't happen the other day. No, no. I'm just saying this is like this is everything for Tulane, and SC's like let's just go play. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but that. Yeah. You're right. That was that was a big. But game I do see. I keep seeing Basali looking up and looking up, looking up. He's looking at the game. He, he's <laughs> he watching. Here it's comes an the, exhibition game. The green oh, wave rolling better? in. Get ready. <laughs> but uh, back to the defense. I, I thought. I think some of the Cisco's grown up a great deal in the last six weeks. I think he's become a much better player. The corners are playing much better. Since well, they, outside. Pete, they listen to you early. You said move Darius Williams outside. Yeah. He's been outstanding playing out there. Without and they haven't got, and they haven't been killed playing inside with Herndon. You know, it hasn't killed them. Now, if you play the Chargers in the postseason, that could be a problem. Well, yeah, they're going to put Keenan Allen in the slot. Of that, that won't be fun. But the only thing about that, Tony, you know, we talk about Herndon not being able to run that well and everything, but Keenan Allen's not fast. So no, I think it's not a terrible matchup. No, no, but again. This week, 6-2 stack monster. Dare him to be there. If Josh Dobbs beats you, God bless you. You deserved it, Tennessee. I agree. You cannot let 22 beat you. You cannot let him beat you. No, he's, dive, he's still- dive at legs. Don't let him get going. You know the best way to stop him. If you penetrate, he's not getting it going, period. No. But once he gets going, forget about it. He's tough to bring down. Tough. Really tough to bring down. I think it's three straight games against the Jags now, over 100 yards uh, for Henry. And obviously, we know his track record against this organization. This line is so bad, though. I'm telling you. It is. You know, Ben Jones isn't there anymore. The center, the the right guard is a guy they picked up off the scrap heap. Uh, I mean, it, it is bad. It, it's a, it's a, it wasn't a great offensive line to start the season. No. With uh, Luan get, getting hurt, and they've gotten worse. Well, and the only guy that's still in the lineup is Brewer, and he's tiny. 
He's not. He's like 273. I mean, it's, he looks like me when I play guard. <laughs> now that's yeah, a sight a little to bit see. Than you, Pete. Yeah, not, but, but by comparison to the NFL players I'm talking about. That's he's fair. tiny. He's tiny. Wow. Uh, let's come back in a moment, and uh, <laughs> we'll take a look at the AFC South. Yes, it's on the line this coming week, week 18. And some sad news. Former Jaguar passing away just a few days ago. The report came out today. And if you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150, loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It is Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Monday, and PRI Productions, the Southeast full-service event company, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com and learn more. We take a look if you're watching on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media. It's a live look at the Miller Electric Center under construction. It will be open for business this summer, ahead of training camp at least. If not a little earlier, in uh, really good shape. Beautiful day outside. Should be nice weather this week and and, uh, this Sunday as well. Or, excuse me, Saturday night when the Jaguars host the Tennessee Titans. Temperatures in the mid-50s or so around kickoff time. And uh, we'll look forward to moving into that facility this summer. Country superstar Kenny Chesney returns to Jacksonville April 14th. Tickets on sale now. Don't miss the I Go Back Tour with Kelsey Ballerini. That's at Daly's Place. And for tickets, visit dailiesplace.com today. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, and a very anxious Tony Baselli as the Tulane Green Wave drive down the field. They just executed a fourth down conversion to get to the 30 down by 6. 22 seconds to play in the Cotton Bowl Classic. No timeouts for the Green Wave. Here they come down the field on the SC defense. It's been like Swiss cheese all season. Do they have any timeouts left? No timeouts. No, no timeouts. Oh, there's no way they're scoring from the 30. No timeouts. Oh, trust me. Our defense can, we can make it happen for you. So what's going on? Give me a play-by-play. I want well, to I mean, see what you say. I think there was a spike. They just, yeah. they just spiked it. It should have been uh, illegal touching because he spiked it and threw it into the offensive line. But they're not throwing the flag. SC this year is like 109th in college football in total defense, but they're like top 10 in takeaways. It's weird. And, Very strange. And good offense. Oh, wide open at the 10, inside the 10 to the 5, first and goal. Come on, Tulane. Let's go. I love this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome to Arizona State's world. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even make bowl games. Unbelievable. How much yeah. time oh, left? 17 seconds. A couple players are hurt. Time out on the field. Oh, I'm ahead of Tony. He, he was delayed. <laughs> he just saw it. Oh, man. Helmet to helmet. There's all that. Anyway, all right. So let's look around the AFC South. Division standings. Well, we all know what's at stake this Saturday night. The Jaguars and the Titans. It's all come down to this. The win or a tie for the Jaguars would give the Jags the division title. The Titans have no wild card hopes at all. So the Jaguars actually have a backdoor chance at a wild card with a loss. They need three other things to happen on Sunday for that to, to be the case. But, hey, the one way to guarantee it, obviously, is to win the football game or tie it, which could be, you know, three minutes to go in overtime. You get the football 
from your own 10, Pete, I mean, you you know, you kind of change your mindset in that regard. That's why yesterday's game was big, too. Well, yeah, you would change your mindset, but you're not going to – I mean, it's hard to play to tie. You're just not going to go fast. That's all. You still got to get a first down. Right. That's you right. know what I mean? You're just not going to go <sighs> up-tempo and throw the ball around. This, yeah. this USC game, sorry, guys, is just stressing me out I thought right the now. game didn't uh, matter, yeah. Tony. Well, let's go back to the Titans. That's more enjoyable because I think we're going to beat the hell out of them. Uh, you don't worry about the tie, JP. Go win the game. That's loser talk by you. Wow. And uh, I said it early in the season, the Jags were the top of the AFC in the power rankings. That's where they ended up. I was right all along. Pete was wrong. And uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. And it's everything's right there in front of you. It's exactly what you want to play for. As a player, you got to be so excited for this opportunity. You're going to go out there and play national television. You win. You get. You host a playoff game. Well, I mean, the other possibilities aren't out of the question, by the way. I mean, the Steelers could lose to the Browns. The Dolphins could lose to the Jets. And and what's the third one? Is Bills, it yeah. Bills, Bills, beat Bills. The, beat the Patriots. Yeah. Those all are possible. You don't want to. You don't want to be a road wild card team. You'd rather win the division. So go win the damn game. That's what you want. Yeah, you don't want to back into it. No, not at all. Um, but I mean, we've seen stranger things happen. If uh, it's better than not having it at all, you just win the game and don't worry about it. If you lose the game, you're kind of watching with uh, your hands together on Sunday to see all that try to go down. The Colts and the Texans this week. Well, the Texans are in the lead for the number one overall pick at the moment. Pete, do they get there? Oh, yeah, they're going to get there. I mean, <laughs> although they play the Colts, the Colts stink too. But if you're the Texans, do you want to win that game? No. The only, the only thing about good for them, though, think about this, Tony. The Bears aren't going to draft a quarterback, but what they could do is trade to somebody who could draft a quarterback. That's where That's that right. becomes a problem. And do you like Bryce Young as an NFL quarterback, Pete? I he's think not he's, very big. I think, no, I think he's good and accurate and can throw it and has a good arm. But you're right, he's tiny. And he was standing next to Mark Ingram the other day. <laughs> Mark Ingram's 5'9". He's the same size. Yeah, that that worries. I mean, that would worry me if I was a Would you take him? I don't think I, – I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have taken Kyle Murray. Murray I don't like little – like really would you little take? Would you take Stroud over – you'd take Stroud, wouldn't you, from Ohio State? Stroud or the kid from uh, Kentucky, Kentucky, either one yeah. at the watch. Hmm. Incomplete. It's now second and goal with the six, 12 I, seconds. It, I, I saw it, JP. I don't need to hear you. <laughs> I want to see. I wish you would have caught the ball, J, JP. I wish you would have caught it because they'd have tackled him in bounds. Know, the that, clock might have been over. He did you a favor. Uh, so what, what do they got? Second down. I want to see Pacelli's reaction. Second down and goal from the six, five. At the six-yard no, line, I, second and goal, 12 six. seconds to go, right hash mark. So, yep. they got, so they got two shots to the end zone, or three yes. maybe. Well, they, they, they just threw it short, and if the guy would have caught it. That's waved moronic. off in the end zone, incomplete, waved off. It's going to be third down with eight seconds. Hey, J JP, I don't need you telling me. I want to see it myself. Well, yeah, we're on radio right now. I got to tell people what's going on. I can't like. You got to tell people. We can't. can't. They can't. Or they're are they watching your face on? Look at JP. Yeah, just watch, just watch my face. But let's talk about this. Oh, that's going to be a catch. It didn't hit the ground. It didn't hit the ground. That's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. Green wave. Let's go. Oh my God! Why are you so so badly rooting against him? I don't get that, JP. Why that not? Is a touchdown. Why not? <laughs> He's rooting against him. He's, ro he's rooting right in, right in your face. The, uh, the under. Over. 
All right, let's talk about something else. The I don't underdogs. want to talk about this anymore. So the underdogs. Well, uh, some sad news today. Uh, you know, the, the report came out today, but the Lafayette Journal and Courier out of Indiana reporting that Uche Winere died Friday in West Lafayette, Indiana, in the home of his wife, according to the report. Drove up from Georgia, police said. He was at his wife's house and apparently collapsed, and she found him unresponsive in a bedroom at about 1 a.m. Friday. There was an autopsy Monday, and it indicated apparently, reportedly, that there were no signs of foul play, and preliminary results indicate a possible heart attack. So Uche Winery uh, was a fifth-round pick by the Jaguars in 07 out of Purdue, obviously in West Lafayette. And played over 100 games here, 92 starts, over seven seasons for the Jaguars, and an all-around really good guy And in our dealings with him. And uh, I got here in 2012 with the team, so I had him for a couple of seasons here. Um, but just really sad news. He was 38 years old, guys. No, it's it's terrible. And uh, Uche was one of the great Jaguar, you know, as far as personality. Like you said, JP, great, great dude, was good to work with, played hard. You know, it's just it's uh, it's it's sad. It's very sad. And, and Uche was a good dude, man. He was he was always a pros pro. He handled himself like a pro. He was a good player too. I mean, he was a good player on those teams. He he was one of those guys that the reason they were able to run the ball the way they did, he because of his ability to run block and way too young. You hate to hear it when anybody dies, but particularly when you're that age. I mean, he had his whole life in front of him and had been active on Twitter and stuff over the you know last couple. Yeah. Big Jaguar backer, you know, if you follow him. So I. I don't know. It's just sad, 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 sad news. Yeah, Way too young. Absolutely. And, yeah, 38 years old, was uh, spending a lot of time in Atlanta over the years. At one point, I think he owned a tattoo shop in Atlanta. That was his big hobby off to the side. He would get tattoos everywhere when he was a player. And uh, just real approachable, really good and helpful for the new guy in the building that, that I was at the time, even though my role was way down the, the ladder. But he was uh, really cool to deal with and, and just sad news today. Uh, that came out today apparently happened just a few days ago. Um, so, you know, that's one of those where, I mean, the guy was a draft pick here and was on the playoff team in 07. And then, you know, a, as the years went on, went through the transition with the ownership change, uh, Malarkey's year in 12, Bradley's first year in 13. That's a lot of change in the organizations from highs to lows and everything that he was around here. Yeah, no, he was around for a long time, JP. And I think the best thing you can say about Uche, obviously he was a good football player, and Pete talked about he was really good. He was key in that run when the playoffs when they could run the ball so well with Fred and Mojo. But I think what people remember most is how good a guy he was. And whether whoever you were, um, dealing with Uche was always a pleasure. And I, I'm just super sad for his family. And uh, it's just, way, as, as we said, way too early and – and uh, it's a reminder for all of us, take care of your health and uh, get your regular checkups and try to stay as healthy as possible because there's uh, nothing is guaranteed. Hey, but speaking of guards that have come and gone from Jacksonville, I mean, left to play for the – did you talk to AJ at all on Sunday? I did not. Uh, AJ no? can, of course, with the Texans. Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. by the way, has actually played pretty well for him this year. Yeah, I thought, he's, I thought he played well this year for him. Yeah, he's done a nice job for him. So, and always another guy, another guard. I don't know what it is with you offensive linemen, but most of you are actually really good dudes. <laughs> I'm serious. And, and you know what? It's not just on your team. It's just I'm talking about in general. You can go into a locker room. 
travel all around the league and you can always go to the offensive lineman to get the real story and the right story and they're take their time and talk to you because I know most people don't want to talk to the there's no glitz and glamour to it but you get the best information from the offensive lineman most of the time well that's the truth because we're the smartest group of the in the entire locker room so if you want the real deal and you want the information you come talk to us Pete you knew but you knew that Oh, yeah, plus you told me everything. That was a good part of it. <laughs> deep throat. Tony was deep throat in the locker room. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, come on. I mean, it was gold. Why wouldn't I go over to his locker? He told me everything. That's <laughs> the best. He knows where the bodies are buried. He didn't even tell me. That's I mean, come right. on. You knew you told me everything. Easy. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, by the way, the uh, touchdown. It's been 30 years. Admit it. You told me stuff. I never told you anything. You're a liar. You're a liar. Wow. You're a 100-grade-A liar. You Never. know it. Tom's not going to get mad at you. He's not going to make you run extra sprints, Tony. I only told you what I wanted you to know. You told me. Oh. Yeah, you told me plenty. Unbelievable. By the way, the uh, touchdown, uh, the incomplete pass was overruled and called a touchdown for Tulane. The extra point, good. And now desperation for Southern California running around, trying to keep the ball alive. No time on the clock. They're just lateraling all over the field at their own 10-yard line. This is almost impossible. Yeah, and it's recovered by Tulane. Ball game. Green wave win. If you would have said 30 years ago that Tulane beat USC in a bowl game, they would have said, you're out of your mind. Right? I don't want to talk about it. It's by the very- way. The Tulane coach, really a good coach. Who is it, Pete? It's um, God, what is it? I? I watch his games. They are so. It's like what's his name? Twi- uh, God, I'm having a brain brain. Willie fight. Fritz. Fritz. Willie Fritz. Really, really good coach. I mean, they. You see what their offense does. Well, I saw him score with 46 points against us. Yes. But they've done that all year against everybody, Tony. They're right. really I don't care. Honest. I don't want to hear anything about but it. It doesn't Arizona. matter. It doesn't matter. Your team it, it lost an exhibition game. What happens? You drop four spots in the polls. Who cares? They're exhibition it's, game. It's the largest turnaround in FBS history. They were 2-10 and 10 last year. And now they've turned it around with a Cotton Bowl win over SC. That's incredible. Was, was there any fa- were, there, were there fans in the stands at that Cotton Bowl? <laughs> what do you think, Tony? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have nothing to say. You know what? We're going to win the national title next year, so I'm not worried about it. We'll come back in a moment, and uh, we'll recap the Cotton Bowl again. And, of course, the Jaguars' winner-take-all battle against the Tennessee Titans. One hour down, one hour to go. It's Monday. We're headed to Week 18, and this is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. kind of builds over the course of the year uh every team i mean you guys know you go through adversity you got the highs lows of the season we had a you know we had that stretch in october that wasn't very good um for us and but i think that builds your character your team and 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 we stayed we stayed the course we stayed you know true to what we were doing um and and guys do become closer they understand each other a little bit better and so you kind of as you get into games like this you know that the player next to you has your back just like you have his back and and um you know that's where 
uh, that's where we're at with this football team, and and um, you know that can that can carry a, a good way. That's head coach Doug Peterson earlier today, and welcome back. It's hour two of Jaguars Happy Hour after week 17, and it's on to a winner-take-all battle in week 18 as the Jaguars entertain the Tennessee Titans. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco, and the Jaguars handled business yesterday. 31-3 the final score. Four straight wins for the Jaguars. The Titans lost Thursday night, the sixth straight loss for Tennessee. Travis Etienne yesterday scored on a 62-yard run. Tyson Campbell, the cornerback, scored on a 12-yard fumble return. The Jaguars scored first for the first time since week eight in London against the Broncos. They've had to rally and come back in all the wins as of late. After starting the season two and six, the Jaguars are six and two since then. And now the Jaguars get into the playoffs as a division champion with a win or a tie this week against Tennessee. The backdoor wildcard is still a possibility with a loss, but all three of these things have to happen Sunday. The Bills over the Patriots, the Browns over the Steelers, and the Jets over the Dolphins. It's arguably the most important regular season home game in Jaguars history this week. Division title on the line, game flex to primetime, Titans coming to town, very few tickets remaining, standing room only being sold for Saturday night at 8.15 at the bank. That about sums it up. It's a pretty good week around here, guys. What's the buzz like in town, by the way? Uh, it's hard. To, I think it's hard to say so far, JP. I don't know about you, but it's, you know, I haven't been out and about today, but, and because it's a holiday, none, I don't think any of the local radio guys are on. So I think it'll really get, we'll get a feel for it and pick up tomorrow. I, I know for that my phone is dinging a lot. A lot of people have interest in the game and trying to get to the game and get in the game, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you're right. Well, you know, once you get around, when people are out and about, like this morning on the way in, there was nobody out and about on the road today, you know, or going in the coffee shop or anything because it's a holiday. So it's kind of hard to get that um, um, just listening to people in conversation kind of thing, Pete. So. We'll see. I, I think it's going to be huge. I, bet the, I can't imagine it's going to feel like huge. old times there this week, though. Huge. You know what I mean? It hadn't felt that way in a long time. Well, it's going to be it's going to be packed. I mean, JP talked about it. They're selling standing room only right now, and uh, I hope I hope they sell every standing room only ticket. And that it should be electric. The crowd should be going crazy. Make it miserable for the Titans and and celebrate a, you know celebrate a division title. This team does not have very many division titles. This would be the Third, uh, fourth. Have, this would be the fourth, yep. Um, it was two when I was playing, one in 17, and this would be the fourth. That's not very many. This is a big deal. And this is a big opportunity for this young football team. Yeah, that, so there's only this will be the fourth one, right? And, and that's, a, that's not a lot in the long, long history of uh, playing football. Now, they had a brutal division for a while there when you guys were in the division. And we won two. I know. And it was a tough division. I mean, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Baltimore, Baltimore. It was tough. And of course, yeah, the AFC South broke away, and the Jaguars finally won that in 2017. They have an opportunity to do that again this week. You know, there's a lot of chatter, and we'll get to social media questions coming up in just a little bit. But um, you know, this coach of the year stuff, right? I mean. A lot of people are chiming in on that for Doug Peterson now with, you know, if this team rallies from what they were going through in the offseason and where they were midseason to keep them afloat, keep them in it, and rally and win the division, 
would be a huge get. There, obviously, there's a handful of other teams that will have an argument for this as well, especially if the Lions get in, what he's done this year to keep that team going and, and jumpstart them. Uh, Sirianni and Philly, obviously, would have uh, an argument, just to name a few others. But uh, Doug Peterson's right there, Pete. And what would it mean if he were to pull it off and, and get this organization in year one to the division title? He's in the conversation. I mean, uh, I look, like I said, I have a vote, and I will strongly consider Doug Peterson. There's I no think you're – Pete, I think you're an idiot if you don't vote for him. If well, and, and here's why I might vote for him. And, again, there's good cases to be made. Brian Dable's in the conversation, too. Right. I would just name a couple names. Who would be like the, the question? Yeah, that's right. How but many, he won't win a division title, though. That's the difference. How many teams How many teams had uh, the number one overall pick the last two years? Right. Were a complete disaster. I, I, like I said, I'm probably going – I'm leaning in Doug, that direction. You don't have to convince me. What Doug's done. done this year, if they win, which they will, because I've already locked it, um, if they win and they win the division, it's the best coaching job in the NFL. It just is. And he and let's also factor in he had to, to get rid of the ghost of the moron when he got here and all the bad habits and all the poor coaching and all the terrible decisions that idiot made. That's so, why. Yeah. I mean, no, look, I get it, Tony. I get it. You can make you can make a strong case. The, who's in the conversation? Let's think about it. It's him, Dable, who's done an outstanding job, by the way, with what he's done with Daniel Jones has been amazing. And they fought through a ton of injuries all year. Sirianni. But I think I really believe that it's probably you could make a strong case for for Doug to win it. I would have one other I'd put up there is, is Kyle Shanahan. Three quarterbacks. Yeah. But if if he had the number one seed, you would definitely say he would get it. But, yeah, you could make a case for Kyle Shanahan. And, and you mentioned Dan Campbell if they somehow got in the postseason. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, when does the voting happen on that, Pete? When do they actually announce that award? Is that a regular it's not season announced. award? It's, I think we got to vote on it by early next week, I think. Okay, or, so it's a regular season award. It has nothing yeah. to do with the playoffs, right? No, no. It's voted on before that. Interesting. Yeah, he's right there. Just like the MVP is voted on before. It's after the regular season concludes, but it's all voted on before that. But if they get in and win the division, that's another thing he has over. Dable would be a wild card team. Campbell would be a wild card team. Now, he's be- he would benefit from playing in a division that's garbage. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Yeah, it's not a good division, but the bottom line is this team had the first overall pick. It is now playing for the division title. I don't care what division you're in. It's hard. It's a young. It's one of the youngest teams in the NFL, and he had to clean up the mess that was left to him by Urban Meyer. It's a hell of a job, and to me, to me if he, for me, if he wins this game, if this team wins this game coming up this Saturday night, he is the coach of the year. He deserves it. I, and you know what? You're probably right. I probably will for him. And, he, and again, you know how I felt about the last guy. That guy was a total disaster. And if you won seven games on the heels of that moron, then you definitely would be in consideration. Winning a division title on the heels of that, that's special. Jackson he was never- the wor- he's the worst coach in the history of the league. You can't even, there's no denying it. He's the worst coach in the history of the NFL, Urban Meyer. We're future focused, Pete. We're moving forward. There's a division title on the line this week, by the way. But that's hey, up. You gotta. You, sometimes you have to look back to to prop I'm, up the guy who's doing the job right now. I, agree. I mean, you have to. But uh, the Jaguars have never had a coach of the year, have they? Tom never won it, did he? No. No. Wow. 
Should be breaking new ground again. Another streak snapped. They've been uh, it's been the, the season of streaks. Who won it? Ni- I'm trying to think who won it in '96. He could have been. He- no, I think Dom Capers did. Remember, they were 12 and four. That's right. Yeah, he it, wouldn't have won Coach of the Year because it was a wild card team. Yeah, and then it was in '99, I think it was Vermeil. Right. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Because they came out of nowhere and they lost quarterback. their quarterback. Yeah, that's right. right. The whole deal. Yeah, Tom never won it. Wow. He, they never won in New York because he was a wild card team in those spots, too. <laughs> they, they barely snuck in the playoffs those years and then went on runs and, and had unbelievable plays in big moments. You know, that's something win. I wanted to bring up with you guys, speaking of that. Yeah. It, it, somebody always every year goes on a run. It, it, you don't see it coming. The Bengals were that team last year. They go on a run. Look around the AFC and the NFC, and you tell me, where is a team that can go on a run that nobody's really talking about? Is Jacksonville that team? I, I, listen, if they, after they win this week and they get in, they're a dangerous team. No, they'll, they'll probably play the Chargers. Because you think the right now, are the who's ahead, the Ravens or the Chargers right now? The Chargers are uh, the currently Chargers. the five seed at the moment. Right. And so I think the Bengals will beat the Ravens next week. And so that would put the Ravens in the sixth spot and the Chargers in the five. So, but, they'll play, but look, I watched the Chargers. I was like, look, there's still some problems with that team. They do have Bosa back, though, and that matters. Oh, it'll be a tough – listen, it's a tough game. They're playing – they're healthy. Keenan Allen's out there. I mean, Mike Williams, Eckler. They can uh, spin it. A quarterback can throw yeah, it. I mean, they're tough. tough matchup, but, but you know what? You beat them once, go beat them again. His ribs are, are just, fine now, though. That's the trick, too. Yeah, let's just say let's just say this. They win. Say they beat the Chargers. Can they go on a run? They're going to have to go on a road. Are they capable? Is that team, as is, capable of beating a Buffalo, a Cincinnati, or a Kansas City on the road? Because well, that's the run. We've seen the Kansas, uh, the Kansas City thing already this year. I think they are capable. They'd be obviously big underdogs, but, yes, they're capable. Yeah, the Kansas City game was not a good game for them. Mm-mm. No. Well, and I mean, Buffalo were, would be a tough matchup for them. Guys were running wide open, remember that? Guys were running wide open on them. Yeah. I, I just think, I don't know if they're ready for the run yet, but again, every year there's a team. Heck, in 96, nobody thought your team was going on a run. When Tom's Giants won it, nobody thought they were going on a run. When Rodgers won it, the one, remember the one year he won it? He barely got in and went on a run. If your quarterback gets hot and you get about your way and the defense plays well, you get a chance to win it. Because of the, of the NFC, can any of those bottom teams in the NFC make a run? No. Dallas? Can Dallas make a run? I I think Dallas is going to lose to Tampa. To Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> I would say then, the, team, I, the team that can make a run at the NFC is Tampa, just because they have Brady, they have weapons outside. What about the Giants? Mm-hmm. No. Because they're the six and the seven. Green Bay can make a run if they get in. Right. They made a run already. They're getting hot and getting confident. eh, Yeah, and cocky and getting talking trash. And, yeah, I mean, they they limited Jefferson to one catch on Sunday. So, But but I think from Jacksonville's standpoint, you got to get in, win and get in, which I think they'll do. And then whatever you get after that is pure gravy. And take it week by week. If you beat the Chargers, then go try, you know what? Nobody will give you a chance. Do like you guys did. That's right. Well, that's the beauty. That's why playoff football is so fun because nothing matters but that game. 
You don't worry about tape. You don't worry about who you're playing next. You don't worry about last week. It does not matter. It's like it's the ultimate competition because you go out there and are competing every play for every inch of that field. And that's what's so fun about it. Well, the year they made the run in in, in 2017, they weren't given a shot to make any run there, right? Yep. They what 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 was the what was the progression in that? It was win at home against Buffalo. Oh, Is that Buffalo, right? The yeah. Buffalo game, they were big favorites. The Buffalo was terrible, terrible team, and then win at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, which was tough, and then and then win at New England, which they probably should have won that game. They sure so, should have. And they weren't better than than New England. They were not no. a better team than New England. No. So. So that's how you got You get on a roll, and if the rolls, you know, sometimes you just get hot. It's and, and you stay hot. You guys did it in '96, and we've we've seen many a team do it. So that's what they got to they got to start considering. I still think you'd rather play the Ravens than the Chargers. <laughs> I mean, hey, but you can't choose. You know, it's it's whoever shows up. Play whoever shows up. I mean, I'm with Pete. I'd rather play the Ravens right now because they got quarterback issues. But if it's the Chargers, so be it. Bring them. And here's the other thing. If it's the Chargers and you play Saturday and they play Sunday and they got to travel a long trip to go play an early game, big advantage for Jacksonville in that scenario. It's more of an advantage than if you played the Ravens in terms of the travel and the logistics and everything else. Agreed. All right, guys, we'll take a timeout and we'll come back and it's time to keep it real when we return. And it's about the run defense for the Jaguars. And we've already kind of touched on that. We'll dig a little deeper into it coming up. We're, of course, on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube today. And Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good. Bank better. This Sunday's Jaguars-Titans matchup at the bank is presented by Johnson & Johnson Vision, the makers of AccuView brand contact lenses. Providing healthy sight for life. Proudly based in Jacksonville, visit jjvision.com and it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. The biggest thing is you can't treat it any different than any other game. You can't try to do more or less, or you, know, you just have to trust your process and what got us here. You know, and I think we've gotten in a pretty good groove of just the way we prepare, the way we uh, get ready for these games. You see, it's been paying off for us the past month and a half. So. We just got to trust that. You can't try to do a bunch of things new just because you're in a position where it's a must win, you know, to get in. You know, for us, it's, it's the same as any other game. You know, that's, that's kind of been our mindset the past two months. So for us, we just got to continue to do what we've been doing, prepare the same way, um, have a great week of prep, and uh, put ourselves in position to win on, on Sunday or whenever, whenever the game's going to be. Well, the game since then, after postgame, of course, has been announced as an 8-15 Saturday kickoff. That's Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback, in Houston yesterday after a 31-3 win over the Texans. And welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli. And it is time to sell some wine. Keeping it real is presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Pete, how was your, uh, your bottle for Christmas that Tony sent you? Good. Did he get? Did you guys get the ones I, I sent you? I, I, I oh, must yeah. have been lost They're in transit. Oh yeah. Do you think? You think Robert's ever going to send us some? Uh, I would bet no. I would. We've been begging for about four years now, haven't we? Or three years? I mean, nothing. I've given up, Pete. I don't even ask anymore. 
Yeah, I'm about no. to. I, I mean, I've called him Bob. I've done every trick in the book, and it's nothing. Nothing gets just this doesn't guy. work. I don't know. Nothing triggers. I mean, him. he's a paisan too. He should be sending us some, Tony. I mean, I can see if he doesn't send JP any. Yeah, I'm out. I'm not in the club. <laughs> I wouldn't send. Him. Oh well. I mean, hey, the uh, topic today, by the way, is how does the front seven handle Derrick Henry at halftime last time out? 14 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. He had three carries, two yards in the second half. The game circumstances had a lot to do with that. He also had three catches for 34 yards. You you flirted with this earlier, Pete, but I don't know how serious you were about the defensive alignment this week, but what do you do against Derrick Henry? Why not? Why not? It's it's basically you're – you know, when you use that 6-2 defense, you're telling your defensive lineman to dive and let the linebackers flow to the football and make the plays. Get at his legs. If you get at his legs, you're going to have a chance to limit him. And Because once he gets going, it's tough. So penetration rules the nation. I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to penetrate. <laughs> well, and I think I you think... have a new slogan. Is that going to be on the wall in the hallway later? How about that? Wait, say I... that again, Pete. <laughs> penetration? You've never heard... No. You never heard that? No, <laughs> no one has. Line... The defensive lineman used to say it all the time. That's where I heard it. Yes. Promise you. Penetration and rules you know, the nation. You're... You, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave that alone because I, I think Pete made that up. Um, I didn't. I swear to you, I did not make that up. Here's the thing, JP. It, it's not that he had 119 at half. He had 94 in the first quarter. Yep. And this Jaguars defense got fortunate. I don't want to say fortunate because they created them, but they got turnovers. Three turnovers. And if you look at that first half, we were down 14-13 going into halftime with three turnovers. And so. You know, you gotta, you better be aware, and you can't take this game lightly. I don't care who's playing for them, as long as they have Derrick Henry. And Pete's right; you do need to get penetration. You need to stop him before he gets going. I expect them. Last time they played a five-man front with three linebackers and only three DBs, quite a bit, um, to stop Derrick Henry. And I think it's something similar to that. And you're looking if you're watching right now. You just saw Roy Robinson Harris make a big play. Roy Robinson Harris, Fadakasi, and Hamilton have to have huge days. They got to dominate those smaller offensive linemen. They have penetration. They have to muck things up. And don't let Derrick Henry get to the next level because when he does, he is a beast. And when he doesn't, he tends to get frustrated. He starts bouncing it. And one thing you want is a bouncing guy. You want him bouncing because when he bounces, I don't think he's the same runner. When there's a little crack or crease and he gets through that first crack and gets that big 250 pounds going, that's tough to stop. So I think think they got to do something like that. Dang, six two stack monster. Hey, it worked for uh, and pipe. <laughs> um, some along those lines, Tony. Though maybe not exactly to that extreme, but you know what I'm talking about. You, I mean, when they play five five front and three linebackers, that's basically what they're doing. Should we go ruin one of the defensive linemen's uh, car before the week, and so he gets all excited? Like uh... that was in. Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. You got your movies mixed up. But you know what I'm talking about. What was that guy's name? Yeah, it was uh, well, it was played by Forrest Whitaker. I forget what yeah. his character's name was. Hey, but JP, you remember? Do you remember all the right moves? Do you remember? The I movie? remember that too. No. I was just, I was thinking of the. I, I remember that as well. 
But fast times are Richmond high. Well, remember, but you remember the whole gist of that was that the cornerback, Tom Cruise, was going to get a scholarship. Who's recruiting that little kid to play corner? <laughs> <laughs> but, you oh, know, I re- that's the second time I've referenced that because do you remember – what was it, the, the play from there where they handed off and they fumbled the snap? It was in Buffalo. Remember Buffalo – Earlier this year against the Vikings, they all they had to do was oh, get. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. They yeah. all they had to do is get the quarterback sneak. It, and that happened in that game too. They fumbled the snap, and all they had to do was take a knee. So, look, you can go back and again, six stack monster, something along those lines. Use something. Well, yeah, I think Mike Caldwell will get creative this week. Well, he got creative last time they played Pete. Yeah, he, he had a bunch of different looks. He had three linebackers, of, you know, actually five linebackers, three defensive linemen at times. He brought in big nickel with uh, um, with uh, Dewey came in uh, as the big nickel at times. And so I think you're going to see guys out there who can stop the run, and they're going to say, if Josh Dobbs can beat you, beat us, then so be it. But you cannot. They got let- creative on Sunday with some of their looks on Sunday, I thought. They had Lloyd outside playing like a rush dropout. Yeah. And he had – I wanted to ask you, what did you think of the linebackers the other day? Uh, Luacon was solid as always. Did a good job. I think Muma's better than Lloyd right now. But Lloyd too. Well. Lloyd played better, though. He was better than he's been. I, uh, I, I just think you can trust Muma better uh, in yeah. covering everything else. And Be- there were times when they were all on the, they were both on the field together a lot. And, and look, they're both going to have to play on Sunday to tackle that guy. That's exactly right. That's why I think you have that three inside linebacker look, two outside guys, the three big guys, and just, chip, you know, dare – Mike Vrabel and that Tennessee Titan offense to throw the ball. That was Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. It opened up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. We're back in a moment with the Fanatics fan questions. It's been a busy day on Twitter after a Jaguars win, the fourth in a row for the Jags. And getting ready for week 18, a winner-take-all showdown for the AFC South title, the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Monday after a Jaguars win in Houston, snapping a nine-game skid against the Texans. The season of streaks continues for the Jaguars. And now trying to win a division title in week 18 against the Tennessee Titans coming up. J.P. Shadrick with Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco in time for the Fanatics fan questions. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com. Shop today and rep your Jags here on game day and every day. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. Well, we put the cat signal out earlier today on Twitter. Here's the best we've come up with on this Monday. Question one from at M Harris two two four hundred. Josh Allen has been back to his normal self and playing better recently. Is there anything you've noticed to explain why he is successful now versus the middle of the season? Yeah, to me, it, to me it looks like he has more power. Not, ever, not everybody I go back at once. To what I said in the middle of the season, it looked like he was banged up, not a hundred percent. Was playing with some sort of injury. It was never reported, and so we don't know that for sure. But just watching the tape and watching how he plays. Pete, you talked about the suddenness. I think that's there. But to me, that jumps out more than anything is the power, the speed to power that he has, and he's pushing guys around and setting up the rush. Yeah, and it had to be some kind of issue with him because he's played differently the last three weeks. Much more explosive, much more powerful, like you said, 
much more dominant. The guy they thought they had. I mean, that's isn't that who you thought they had all year? Yeah, yeah that's why I thought going into the season he'd have twelve to fifteen sacks. Uh, what is he at now, JT? Six. Six. So I mean, you know, maybe he can get maybe he can get six this game and kind of meet my expectations. He's, he's leading <laughs> the team though with six, right? Yes. Yeah. That's not good. No. Well, Smoot had five, and he's gone. Right, but read the read the list of sackers down. You list it's six, five. What? What does Walker have? Four? Hasn't he had four for like forever? Yeah, it's um, it's not ideal. I'll say that for the Jaguars this year in the sack category. But it's Allen six, Dewan Smoot five, Arden Key four and a half, Trayvon Walker three and a half, Devon Hamilton two and a half, RRH with two. Not good enough. That's something that needs to be fixed next. Yeah, I mean, Pete, they're still not—they're not a great—they're not a good pass rushing team. I mean, that has not changed. And you know, if we look ahead, that could come back to bite them in the playoffs. If you go face the—you know—you look at the quarterbacks at the top, whether it's Allen or Mahomes or Burrow, or if you play Herbert in the first round, if you don't affect the quarterback with those guys, they're going to kill you. But I think they, like we've talked about, they are better when Key is on the field rushing from that outside spot as well. And where Chason came from Sunday, who knows? That was his best game. That was the best. That was the most power I've ever seen him play with. Four tackles, And he he had a couple of rushes from both sides, too. That was the interesting thing about it. It was good. He was happy to be back on the field. I mean, he missed a lot of time this year and uh, then has come back and has done special teamwork almost exclusively until the last couple of weeks. So he'll get that chance again this week. Let's go to the next question. Social media, Twitter today, Fanatics fan questions at Trevorville. I don't think I heard Pete go over six or seven wins for this season for the Jaguars, correct? Also, please talk about the difference Doug has brought to this team, leadership, play calling, and playoff experience, to name a few. And how soon can we extend Dougie P? All right, I, I think you got to hold off on the extension one year. <laughs> I mean, that's all well and good. Uh, it's one year. Uh, as far as as far as me, yeah, I picked what I say. It was between five and seven is what I picked. I think wasn't that Tony? And you said between six and eight, right? I said you said five and seven. I said seven and nine. We then I I adjusted mine after the five game winning, losing streak to six to eight. I think you were six to eight from the start. No, seven to nine. I started the season off seven to nine. Well, I, I started off five to seven and I, I was wrong and I, I can admit I'm wrong. And when I did my hit from there, when I was there for training camp, Rick Spielman, who was working with me, picked him to win eight. So he's pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Indeed. Uh, let's go to the next question. Social but media. He, of today. course, he said they would be 500. So that means eight one. So. Oh God! Well, that would get them in the as division that champ. Po- that would that's possible division championship if that's the case <laughs> with a tie this week. Uh, all right, next question: Social media at Bortles Nation. Uh, who is the most important defender on the team to keep Derrick Henry from running loose? We've gone over this a couple times, and Tony, uh, you've mentioned those guys on the interior a lot tonight. Yeah, I think it's the interior three is important, and after that, Bukon's. Luke, Quarterback of that defense, he gets everyone lined up. Machine. I, I think it's Hamilton. You don't get the don't let the, the guards get to the second level. If they don't they don't get to the second level, and they're not good guards, but if they don't get to the second level, 
that allows the linebackers to go darting in there and penetrate and make the tackle. So I think I think and by the way, Hamilton's quietly played well in the last month of the season too. Yeah, I think I think he's played pretty well all year, Pete. Yeah. Better much better than he did a year ago. Yes. Next question. Twitter a buzz today. Holiday. New Year's Day. Observed today. And uh, are the LA Chargers this is from at Let's Go JJ's Let's Go. Are the LA Chargers the worst possible matchup for the Jags in the wild card round? How far do you think we can go in the playoffs? I would say yes. Yeah. And how far can they go? They can win that game, and then I I don't see them beating a Buffalo or a Cincinnati or Kansas City on the road because of that pass rush, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, how far – I agree with Pete. I think San Diego – or not San Diego, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers are the worst matchup in the wild card round. Um, how far can you go? You know, playoffs are crazy. If you get hot, your quarterback's playing well, you get some turnovers, the ball to bounce your way, you can go as far as – look at the Bengals last year. No one picked them to be really a drive away from winning the whole thing. And so they could go as far as Tucson. Or Phoenix, I guess not Tucson, Phoenix. Um, but the key is you got to go win Saturday night first and foremost, and then the Chargers are a tough matchup. But every every team in the playoffs is a tough matchup. I mean, there's no easy game. I mean, well, it, and it's it's just like this. Those teams are tough matchups for Jacksonville, but Jacksonville, the way they play on offense, is also tough matchups for them. Absolutely, because they can score too. I mean, you look at it. Look at the quarterbacks in the AFC. If it plays out, it'll be. It'll be Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence. That's that's five of them right there. That's and then Lamar. If Lamar's out, I mean he's the MVP once upon a time. Different style, but he's still an MVP quarterback. And then seven, who knows? But that's pretty amazing when you think about that quarter. That's they might be the you know the top quarterbacks in the league next year. That grouping. Wow. I would say so. I mean, who from the NFC would you put in there? Well, Hurts, the way he's played, he plays differently, yeah. but he's played at an MVP. Rodgers, when he's right. <laughs> I mean, don't you get the idea that people in the NFC are sitting there going, go Lions, don't want to see don't want to see Rodgers in the postseason? Well, not the way that team's playing, Pete. And defensively, they're playing well, too. Right. You don't want to see them. Next question, social media, four down, four to go. And this is at J underscore Cordell. The narrative seems to be about how bad the teams are that we're playing. How confident are you that we can play well against teams that are actually good? I played well against the Ravens and, yeah, say, and, and Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's the, the right narrative. I, I, and I, by I, the way, the Jets, the Jets were smack dab in the middle of the playoff chase when they knocked them off on the road, too. So it's not just bad teams. That's wrong. Yeah, they, by the should way, it be, should it be the Giants who are a playoff team too? They, yeah, in this little, you know, since the break, they've beaten two playoff teams. They beat they beat the Cowboys and they beat the Ravens. So their losses are to the Broncos, which is inexcusable. Should have never lost that game. To the Giants, playoff team, right? To Indy, that should never happened. Houston the first time. I so mean, it never happened. If this team now listen, they they got some breaks later in the season. I mean, the, what happened against the Ravens? They got a break, you know, in overtime, a drop ball that turned into a pick six against the Cowboys. I mean, the ball bounced their way. 
But the, of those five, when they lost that five in a row, I would argue they should have won four, four of those. So you mentioned the five games. So those you, we mentioned the three games that they lost and the two that they won. So make, flip them around to three and two instead of two and three, and you're all of a sudden your your division's over. You're in. Right. I mean, the two that are inexcusable, Pete, are the Broncos and the Texans. Those two. And the Colts. Well, the Giants. The Giants, they should have won, too. The Colts. And then then you really want to go back in time. How about the the Washington? Washington, week one. Oh, come on. Well, that's why why I think this team is dangerous in the playoffs. They're they're better than their record. Now, they got to go win Saturday. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But I, I just think this team's better than their record. Next question. I would agree. Social media, Twitter, fanatics, at Brandon underscore more. Which skill position player on the Jaguars do you think needs to show up big on Saturday night to beat the Titans? All right, it starts with Trevor Lawrence. It's all about Trevor. He plays well. The Titans have no chance. Zero. It could be 15-point, 16-point victory as well. And just the way they spread the wealth around, I mean, you could – Kind of pick whoever the best matchup is uh, on of wide receivers, well, tight ends. I don't think ends. it's going to be any different. The offense shouldn't look any different than what it looked like when they played them up there. Time. Well, if, that, if it's like that, then it's Evan Ingram as far as non-quarterback skill positions because right. he right. he was uncoverable. I mean, the Titans he killed still, him. That he killed him. Yeah, they still don't have an answer for him. 160 yards plus in that game for Evan Ingram. A couple more left on social media today. We're rolling through them here. This is at Senior Fuentes. Should we be concerned that the Jags have much less time to rest compared to the Titans? Pete, I know you are. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's they they overcame that to beat the Jets on the road, though. It was a short week, and they didn't have more rest, but it was still a tough turnaround when you go on the road. That's a tough situation for a young team, but they're young. It's not like there's a bunch of old players on this team. They're a young team. They should be able to handle that. I'd much rather be at home in that game than have the rest, wouldn't you, if you were a player? Yeah, yeah 100%. So the fact that you're at home, that saves you a day. It gives you one day back. Um, listen, I... I I don't like that the league and the networks put them on Saturday. I, I think, you know, the NFL talks all the time about, you know, competitive balance, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, here's a chance to have competitive balance and you do the exact opposite. So, but you're, you're at home, you're the better team, go win. I mean, who cares? Like as a player, it's almost like, all right, you want you want to make it harder for us. We like it, make it as hard as you want. We're still going to win. I agree, and and to get it, you you might have an advantage on the back end of that. Right, going into the wild card round. All right, uh, final question: social media earlier today, and this is at Sin, Central Pennsylvania underscore Jags fan. Should I buy my tickets, flight, and hotel for the playoff game now, or should I have bought them yesterday? Uh, based on the uh, ticket demand, I'd have bought it yesterday. So if you're buying them today. It's standing room only, or go find someone who's going to sell you a good no, seat. No, this is for the playoff The game. playoff game is a little different. There are some seats available for that one, and I would oh, guess I that's after all yep. the pre-sales and everything, but you would guess once it becomes official, then those will fly off the shelf as well. Yeah, buy them yesterday. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I think they're gonna. there's going to be a playoff game. The problem with buying all your plane ticket and your thing, you have no idea when the game's going to be. Oh, I do. 
It'll probably be Saturday, the first game. <laughs> like they used to give the text, they give the, the Texans, Texans that spot every year when they got in. Right. Remember? They give it to the AFC South. Right. So that that we are playing first game Saturday. Book it. Did the Titans play the first game last Saturday last year? I don't know if they did. No, because they they were weren't they the no they weren't the one. they were the one seed. Yeah, they were. They were, were the one, one seed. They had the bye. So they did. Right. But every other time, the Texans always played that window. Yeah, last year, they gave it to Cincinnati, the early game against the Raiders. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Raiders-Bengals. Then it was Patriots-Bills. Then it was Eagles-Bucks. Yeah. But you can go back and look at that window. It's always a small market team, no matter what. That's right. All right. Social questions are in from Fanatics. Thanks for all the submissions today and the interaction on Twitter. And we're back in a moment with a look around the NFL. The wild card and the playoff pictures are coming into focus with one week to go. Some big games coming up this week in the NFL. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. It should be electric. It should be, I mean, we're playing for the AFC South, you know, and, and um, uh, you know, we, we need all our fans that can get there, get there, and, and uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere, and um, our guys will feed off of that energy, and uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun with the coach and play That's Doug Peterson discussing the game coming up this week. Week 18, the Jaguars entertain the Tennessee Titans. Winner take all for the AFC South crown in 2022. A tie would go to the Jaguars. But the loser would um, possibly go home. Tennessee is definitely out if they lose. They have no chance at the wild card. The Jaguars have a backdoor opportunity. They need three other things to happen in Week 18 on Sunday to make that work. Just go win the game. How about that? Should be a packed house electric atmosphere on Saturday night. Yes. By the way, they were JP. They will be playing at Saturday at at, at the first game. I went back and looked. Since 2010, the an AFC South team has played the first game. Every single year other than one. And that one year was when the Carolina Panthers were seven, eight, and one and won the division. <laughs> wow. How about that? There's no doubt. There's no doubt they will be playing in that opening window. Well, it's all driven by the networks. They want, you know, the bigger games in primetime. Bigger market. I mean, you can you can pretty much figure out Dallas and Tampa Bay will be in prime time. Yep, guaranteed. I mean that—that's a given. Well, you don't forget there's a Sunday, a Saturday night, a Sunday night, and a Monday, Monday. night game. That's right. Yep. I don't understand the Monday night. You know, giving everyone a short week it makes no sense to me. I mean, it's TV. Right. They paid for it. That's right. All about right. the dollars. But what if they had Sunday night or a Monday night, and you had to play? They can't make you play on a Saturday. No, I think I think the Monday night's guaranteed to play Sunday. So, but still, if there's three primetime games, one of them will be Dallas and Tampa. One will be, if Green Bay gets in, one will be Green Bay. Giants could be, too. New York. And, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, yeah, the Giants could be. But think about if you spin it forward. Who's Who would be in the AFC? Who would be, the six seed would be the Ravens at the three seed. Which is that probably Ravens and Bengals again. Yeah. Cincinnati primetime. Come on. Well, now here's the deal. If if Cincinnati wins the night, they'll be the two seed. If if they win next week. 
Yeah, if they win the next two, they're the two seed. Right, right. Right. They if they clinch yeah. the division with a win tonight, and then they would uh, move up to the two seed with a win next week. Well, Denver Denver's not. I mean, uh, Kansas City's not losing to Jarrett Stidham next week. Although, how about him lighting it up? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, Devontae Adams lit it up, but yeah, he did. He played well yesterday. Let's take a look at the NFC playoff picture through Week 17. Of course, tonight's Monday night game. We'll get to it in a moment. It's in the AFC. Eagles 13 and three. They dropped a couple. Gardner Minshew's the play in the quarterback position now. Vikings 12 and four. The Niners 12. He stinks, and four. by the way. Who's that? Gardner Minshew. Bad. Buccaneers are eight and eight. They clinched the division with a win. On the wild card, the Cowboys twelve and four. They still have a chance for the number one seed. How's that work? And then the Giants nine six and one, and the Seahawks eight and eight right now. Lions and Packers still in it. If the Packers win next week, they go. They are in the wild card spot. Here, if the Giants beat the Eagles, the Vikings lost to the Bears, and the Forty ers lost to the Cardinals, which isn't happening. Then the Cowboys win. They would been. They would be the one seed. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. No, actually, Viking. If the Cowboys win and the Vikings win, the Cowboys have the head to head, so they're ahead of them. Unless it's a three way tie, then you throw. You got to throw that out and you go a different way. So yeah, if it's the two of them, yes. And the Vikings, by the way, are twelve and four and have a minus nineteen point differential. It's amazing. <laughs> minus nineteen. They're one and done in the playoffs, Pete. Okay, they're the one team. They just got blown out by the Packers. They don't want to play them again. No. Hmm. Vikings Packers wouldn't be prime time, would it? No. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, dude. That's come on. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, NFC North, uh, AFC playoff picture is coming into focus as well. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Jaguars right now in the number four spot, and then. In the wild card, the Chargers, Ravens are both have spots locked up, and then the Patriots right now are in. Dolphins, Steelers are in the wild card hunt. The Titans only in the race in the division. They are they cannot get a wild card spot at all, no matter what happens. The Patriots aren't getting that spot. They can forget they're not beating the Bills next week at Buffalo. So they'll be gone out of that spot. Can the, will the Jets beat the Dolphins and have the Dolphins end with like a seven-game losing streak or six-game losing streak? Well, you know, it looks like Skylar Thompson might be starting a quarterback for Miami because Teddy Bridgewater broke his finger. It's amazing. So so you have a seventh-round rookie quarterback starting a game to go win and end your winning streak and go to the postseason. Now, he's actually done some good things, but I wouldn't want – that's tough. The is Jets, there no chance to is cleared from the concussion protocol this week? I don't think so. I doubt it. So if you have Skylar Thompson playing quarterback, would you pick the Jets or would you pick the Dolphins? I, I probably probably the Jets because their defense. So if the Jets win, then Miami's out. New England loses. Steelers Pittsburgh could get in. If Steelers win, they're in. So Pittsburgh would play six. Would be they would be the seven. They would play the two. Pittsburgh at Buffalo, Cincinnati, whoever. That was a hell of a rally last night, by the way, by them. Najee kid, made, hey, kid made plays when he had to, didn't yeah. he? He's Pick one of those guys that seems to have that. That's two weeks in a row he's done that. 
Yeah, I don't think he meant to throw it to Harris. I think he was throwing it to the receiver, and Harris just cut up in front of the receiver for the touchdown. But the receiver would have caught it too, though, I thought. (laughs) Right. Pretty incredible. Monday night football. It's a big battle in the AFC. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills at 12-3, and the number two seed at the moment in the playoff race, facing Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals 11-4. They are number three. They would win the division with a victory tonight. The battle for the number one seed continues. Who you got on the banks of the Ohio River? I got the Bengals. I got Buffalo. I think they're the better team. I'll take the better quarterback. You think Burrow's better than Josh Allen? You do. I think Burrow's the best quarterback in the NFL. Wow, that's a bold statement. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. Uh, well, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I'll take this best quarterback in the NFL, Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen has a big day. I think it's high scoring. I think this is gonna be fun. The weather's good, by the way, which is nice. Don't I hate when weather ruins football games. See, yeah, we've had this conversation on this show before. You want every game in a dome, and that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard no, of. No, not every game in a dome. Every game in 70-degree weather. So if you get to have a controlled roof, covered roof or whatever, that's fine. Who needs weather? Who needs weather ruining football? The game, that's you don't part, want it to take away what the game. Pete, that's huh? part of the game. Yeah, why don't we just simulate. Game, it's part of the game when you used to turn and hand the ball off 25, 50 times a game. It's not part of the game anymore. It ruins it. No, it does not. It's part of the game. It's part of the toughness. It's far, fi- finding ways to win. Did you see, by the way, you'll appreciate it, the guys came out with no shirts on a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and I sent out a tweet saying, that's not toughness, that's stupidity. And people got all over me. <laughs> it's not the smart. It's something I probably would have done. Actually, no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have taken my shirt off for national TV. No, thanks. It's a, I don't want to embarrass You wouldn't have done that anyway. You didn't wear sleeves. I know that much. Which I never was, wore sleeves. Why, though? Was that just to show that it wasn't bothering you or because you didn't like playing in them? I didn't like playing in them because I never did. And I th- to me, it was just like it's a mentality thing. Like, go play. I, I never wanted to worry about anything but what I had to do, go play. So I wasn't going to change anything. I was going to change what I wore. Like, go play. Was New England in 96 the coldest game you played in? Cincinnati. No. Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I, was, I had left by then, I think. Yeah, Cincinnati in 2000. Okay, but the, that game in Foxborough was cold that night. Freezing. Too. Yeah. yeah. See, I I think we'll say when you're cold like that, when you're on the field, it doesn't bother you? The first play hurts your hands. The first, like, one or two punches, like, your hands are frozen, and then they feel like they just – you get used to it. But Even remember, when you go to the sideline, you're not having problems with it anymore? No? No. Remember, but remember that game, it, it was cold, and then it got really cold when the power went out for 15 minutes. Oh, man, that was gross. <laughs> and it got really cold when you were chasing down <laughs> the guy with the fumble. <laughs> That was the end. That was it. Man, unbelievable. So, uh, by the way, the weather should be really nice this Saturday night here in Jacksonville for the uh, game at uh, last check. What do we got? It's Monday. Give me some weather. Uh, This is Saturday. This is well ahead, of course, but we're looking at mid to low 50s by kickoff and should be clear. Wind? Wind, um, wind. I need wind. I don't know. It's Monday, Pete. I don't know about the wind. Wind but I... is a wrecker. Wind is a game wrecker. Not the not the snow, not the cold. Wind. Wind is a game wrecker. Looks like it's going to be sunny or clear. Not sunny. It's night, but clear and um, you know mid mid low fifties. Let's go football weather. Beautiful. 
Yeah. They win. They win it. Okay. There you go. Locked? They're going to win by 10 at a, least. A lot. Finally, Pete, finally, Pete's jumped on the bandwagon. It took him long enough. Oh, no. You you just did it to get clicks. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it because I believed it. You did believe it. You See, did not believe Pete's it. a bandwagon guy. They get to 500 all of a sudden. Pete's like, yep, lock it. They're going to win. Okay. If that was a healthy, if that was a healthy Tennessee team, by the way, I might not pick them. But they're not healthy. I pick them to win. They win that game. I'm tired of hearing you talk about this. We're gonna win. I, I said it at the beginning of the year. We'd sweep the Titans. So Any, give me a, give me a, something going forward. Give me a couple more locks then. If you, they're gonna win this game, oh, I've, they're gonna win the playoff game too. You'll have I'll, you'll have my playoff lock coming up after this game. You don't talk playoffs until you win this game. Lock them going to the Super Bowl. No, I'm not. I mean, that's no more absurd than you're locked that they were going to make the playoffs seven weeks ago when it worked out. So you look like a genius. Nobody would have remembered. Nobody would have remembered if you're wrong. Nope. If you were wrong. But they remember that you're right. That's why you put it out there. Calculated on your part. It was it it was show fodder. That's all it was. He didn't believe it. There's no way. Every ounce of my being. He's cashing it in. That's Pete Briscoe, Tony Baselli, David Cho, Brent Reaver, Joe Fortunato. In the back end, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday on the Jaguars Digital Network.